welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone's having a blessed day today, as always. And I'm sure a lot of people already heard about the fact that uh, Donald Trump allegedly has COVID now ironically, right after all this stuff has happened. So he's supposed to quarantine for two weeks. And, of course, the left is going completely and totally nuts now and all excited and frantic. And I don't think this was coincidence. I'll be honest with you that right now. I'm sure he already knows the aspects of vitamin C and D3. If he doesn't, I'm sure he'll be told how crucial they are for the immune system. So I have no no fanfare about him recovering or anything of that sort and things getting weirder in that section. But I do find it odd that all of a sudden now he's allegedly got a positive COVID test in the midst of everything happening right now. And uh, I think a lot of this, whether or not it was planned intentionally or somebody made sure that the test came back positive, I don't know, but it's definitely not coincidental in timing, in my opinion, because there was an article that came out yesterday that was actually quite troubling to me, and this is something Dad and I have called out for months, and this is why I've encouraged everybody to stand your ground on what you believe and making sure you understand what's really happening to us. The article was actually published by CNN, surprise, surprise, the communist leftist propaganda group, but... Paul Joseph Watson, you know, basically quoted on it and wrote an article, and the the title of the article CNN published was that there is no getting back to normal. That's what it said. And the article asserted that people need to accept that things are never getting back to normal and that mandatory COVID restrictions, such as wearing face masks, will become permanent. The editor, Nick Patton Walsh, writes, things are most likely never going to get back to normal. He says that pre-corona world is now a mere nostalgia and the public needs to come to terms with it along with social distancing measures. Mandatory wearing of masks will become permanent and just part of life. He says that those who refuse to wear masks may be guilty of normalcy bias since they perceive this intrusion into lives as a passing fad they don't need to embrace. Now, it doesn't take a historian or any body basically that knows history to figure out real quickly that history for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, there's always been references to masks and muzzles as a way to further dehumanize a populace and to force conformity on a populace whose identity and individuality is increasingly being erased. This is very common. This is one of the aspects of why the Muslim religion, the hardcore Muslims, they always cause the, they force the women to cover their faces. It's basically, it not only dehumanizes them, it puts them lower on the pedestal. They are basically under them. Okay, you are lower than me. You wear a mask. You're not allowed to show your face to me. This is not some new concept. And at first, you know, we were told the multitude of restrictions on our liberties and right to travel were just a necessary, temporary measure in order to get back to normal. Then they said, hey, guess what? When the COVID virus comes out, it's going to make everything better. We're going to fix it. You just need to get the vaccine, and you're you're going to be good to go, you know, as far as just the vaccine. Then, of course, Bill Gates and numerous other 
globalist talking points came out and said, hey, you know what, this is going to be kind of the new normal. It's never really going to end, and we're going to have to get multiple COVID vaccines now because they're only going to work for a couple times a month, and that's it, even though the CDC has even come out now and said that asymptomatic individuals and people that basically have already contracted COVID and now tested negative have virtually zero chance of getting COVID-19 once again. They've already come out and said that. Now you have the CDC also coming out and saying what the survivability rate or excuse me, the death rate of individuals, you know, zero to 20 and like 20 to 25 or 20 to 40, I don't have numbers in front of me, the death rate's like point zero 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 three, something like that. It's nothing. You, you literally have a higher chance of going outside in the middle of the afternoon in a sunny sky and getting struck by lightning than dying with COVID if you're a young healthy adult, especially if you take your supplements and exercise. Unless large numbers of people in this country, and I mean I'm talking now, unless large people start to resist this new normal, we've been put in a straitjacket, guys, that's never coming off. That's what Paul Joseph Watson said, and he nailed it on the head. Unless people start saying no to this now, this is it, guys. And I don't mean to come at you this hot this morning on Friday, but I've had enough of it. I had multiple conversations at Publix yesterday, and I kept asking people when they were wearing masks. I said, hey, you hear, you know, Governor DeSantis last Friday, he, we're phase three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, like, walked off and mumbled. And I'm like, you know, but he's awake. The governor is awake in Florida. He told everybody, listen, this is it. The, even the numbers show there is no pandemic, even textbook definition for COVID-19 anymore due to the age rate and the, the death rate from it. It doesn't even fall into that category anymore. People say, oh, oh, oh my gosh, we can't, don't get close to me, you got a social distance. You run off and you're like, what? I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. When I have lost so much respect for humanity right now, in the last week. You know, before, okay, everything was still crazy. People were still trying to figure out what was going on. Everybody's still telling you got to wear a mask. Now, we're done. We've realized the gig's up. We've called it out. Alternative media's called it out. Huge, vast population, part of the population's called it out. Yet people are still sitting here shoving a diaper on their face when they walk around outside. There, yesterday, we had to get a new trash can from the county. We pull up, and the guy's unloading trash cans out of the, the trailer. And we say, well, you can put that right over there. As soon as he gets out of the truck, he goes, oh, hold on a second. Puts on a mask. He's out in the road with a trailer by himself. And I looked at him and said, dude, you don't need to wear a mask. Oh, that's mandated. Mumble, mumble, mumble. Can't understand what he's saying. Walks off. I said, I just, I just drove off. I said, I'm not even going to get into this right now. You're, you're in the middle of the road by yourself on a sunny day in Florida, unloading basically brand new, fully sanitized trash cans for businesses that need them, and you're having to put on a face diaper. This has become far past any type of you need to do this for your health, you need to do this for your safety, to full-blown lunatic straitjacket, you have to be put in the insane ward. This is where we're at now with this, guys. And I'm telling you, if people don't start standing up to this, we have been put in a straitjacket that's never coming off. You now have Pfizer and Moderna's now come out now, even CNBC's reported on it, 
side effects from numerous participants, including high fever, body aches, headaches, full exhaustion with the COVID-19 vaccine. They go on to say, and I quote here, Luke Hutchinson woke up in the middle of the night with chills and a fever after taking the COVID-19 booster shot in Moderna's vaccine trial. Another COVID vaccine trial participant testing Pfizer's candidate similarly woke up with chills and shakes, shaking so hard he cracked a tooth after the second dose. Another individual, after getting the first shot on August 18th, he said he felt under the weather for several days with a low-grade fever. He got his second shot at a clinic on September 15th, a little a little over a month later. Eight hours later, he was in bed bound with a fever of 101 degrees, shakes and chills, pounding headache, and shortness of breath. He said he had so much pain in his arm, he had a goose egg in his shoulder at the injection site. He did not sleep all night long. He finally started to recover after 12 hours. Having signed a lengthy consent form, Hutchinson was aware that he might experience symptoms, but he was still struck by the severity and duration tweeting on September 15th that he experienced full-on COVID-like symptoms, if not worse. Okay, so we're telling everybody this is going to be the new normal. This is what you need to expect to get the COVID vaccine because it's for your safety. But yet we already know if you catch COVID and you recover from it, there's virtually very little chance you'll contract it again within a year's time. But we're telling people they need to get this COVID vaccine and get repeated booster shots of it to the point of people having shakes and tremors so bad at night with high-grade feed temperatures that they basically fevers, that they're cracking teeth and can't sleep all night because they're so sick from the shot. And it's just a new normal. This is what you need to get every couple months is a booster shot for COVID. Oh, and by the way, you also have to wear your mask. Oh, and you have to social distance. Oh, by the way, and you still can't have parties. When are we going to say no? I've had enough of everybody complying with this. I'll tell you the truth. I'm complete and over this, Dad. I don't know what else to say to anybody than wake up. It doesn't matter if you have a job or a business. It's time to stand up and say, okay, we're done guys. I'm having a meeting with the GM. I'm having a meeting with the owner. How long are we going to keep allowing this to happen, especially in states like Idaho, like Florida, like South Dakota? I know South Dakota, I don't think there's any hardly mandates up there. Multiple states are fully opening up now, fully opening up. Why are we going to keep being subjected to this when we already know what the mortality rate and what the survivability rate is, and we already know vitamin C and D3 and numerous studies testing it directly on COVID-19 patients have had a 100% recovery rate? Why is that not being discussed, Dad? You know, Austin, you say that we already know that vitamin C and D3 and zinc and potassium iodide basically eliminate the symptoms and eliminate this problem and make the immune system really strong. Well, we know that. The vast majority of the population does not know that because they've not been told. You know, no one's come to them and given them the truth. They're like sheep. They're, they're basically being led astray. You know, they're being taken off the edge of a cliff. They don't even know what's happening to them. One of the reasons this happens to people is because of calcification of the pineal gland. Now, I'm going to get esoteric for just a second. I can't go there very far today because I've got too much news to cover. But the pineal gland gives you spiritual insight. Uh, many of the ancients called it the third eye. And I don't get me all weirded out and say this is all new age humbo jumbo. No, stop. The pineal gland produces melatonin. This is 
one of its primary functions. But many people throughout history and basically throughout research have said that it actually gives you spiritual insight. Now, whether you believe that or not, don't make a new age thing out of it. Just take it or leave it. I don't care. But here's the thing. They learned that fluoride calcifies the pineal gland. It no longer produces melatonin. It no longer allows you to sleep through the night. It no longer allows you to have spiritual depth or insight, according to some of these researchers. So here we have this issue going on. Now, we have these people who get caught up in normalcy bias very, very quickly. In other words, they've been wearing a mask for six months. Therefore, they now like to wear the mask. They have designer masks now, really actually cool-looking masks. You know, even patriots have cool-looking masks sometimes. I mean, look at me. I'm making a new mask statement. Look at this fancy mask I'm wearing today. Oh, don't you know if you don't get on an airplane like American or United with your mask on, you'll be put on a no-fly list. You have to wear a mask. And so it's basically classical and operant conditioning, constant reinforcement, constant negative sanctions, which is programming the people to a new normal. It's a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift to reduce humanity to that of an animal, which is where they think we are. Anyhow, they think we're goyim, animals, cattle, chattel, whatever you want to call us. That's what they call us. They don't consider us to be worthwhile keeping alive. They're just going to abort 60 million of us to feed the demons as they would have 60 million more be born or to teach proper birth control. They don't care about all that. They All they want to do is control the narrative. They've taken over the churches, you know, and the churches now basically become just giant how should I say, indoctrination centers in some cases that don't even teach the real Jesus. We put comedians on the stage who dress in designer jeans with skinny jeans and holes in their pants and, and basically don't ever preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and very rarely ever use scripture. I mean, we use more scripture on this show than most preachers use in the pulpit now. There are these mega churches. Just thought I'd mention that. If you get on Christian TV now, you start talking about the truth, about patriotism, you're quickly not invited back. Unless you know the person that you've known for many, many years, and they go against the flow and they allow you to come back, or they'll put you on a list that they call you back every two or three years, but they don't put you on on a regular basis like they used to. I'm talking about personal experience now. Or you're completely banned off the entire network or off the show because you're not a Zionist. I've had all that happen to me personally. And, you know, and guys, it's frustrating. Because, you know, we know the truth of what the gospel says. But what they're trying to do, like with this thing with Donald Trump, Donald Trump doesn't have COVID. You know, Melania even says she feels great now. They, they, don't, they have no symptoms of it. They may have tested positive, but I don't even believe that. I believe this is just more, you know, obfuscation and more lies. That's all this is. Because here's the thing. Donald Trump doesn't want to do another debate. He made the complete and total, quite frankly, an ass of himself in front of Joe Biden and the world. You know, this is a good excuse now not to appear at another debate. Now, he may still appear. He may not. I don't know. But he's now getting sympathy. Oh, Donald Trump has COVID. No, no he does. He has those symptoms. Neither does Melania. You know, all of these things are just being used to program the masses. See, Donald Trump didn't wear a mask. Now he's got COVID. <gasps> yep. And they run off the back yep. corner screaming and yelling, flailing their arms. I remember one time, Austin had a friend. I remember he was trying to talk to her about you know, certain behavioral problems. And I remember the story well. And, and, the, and, the, and this woman just ran off screaming and flailing her arms. And, and Austin came up to the house and says, you know, Dad, so-and-so is nuts. And I said, well, yeah, I know. And see, and this is what they want us all to be. They want us all to be that nutty person who can't believe or know the truth. And just turns to see, pineal gland. 
they do that with calcified with fluoride. They put fluoride in the water back in 46 after they found that it worked in the concentration camps in Dachau and made the inmates servile and infertile. I mean, all of this stuff has been planned out 50, 60, 70 years. They had to dumb down the population in the United States. They had to sissify the dog on men, which they've done. I mean, it's sad. You know, Austin was also talking about how this guy had the symptoms and was shaking so violently that he broke a tooth because of the booster shot he got with Copad. Well, if you remember, they had, a, they had a movie out a few years ago. It was called The Born Legacy, which introduced a new character, Aaron Cross, who was Jeremy Reiner. And, you know, it was, he was a Department of Defense operative who runs for his life because of the Born's actions in the ultimatum. Now, what's interesting about this is he's talking to this cell biologist in this movie. And basically, she tells him that he had been viraled off the enhancement, the physical enhancement. And he said to her, you mean when you gave me that vaccine, that immunization, and I got unbelievably sick from it, and I thought I was going to die? Remember that in the movie? She goes, yes, that's when. She goes, oh. She goes, we changed your DNA. The COVID shot has nothing to do with COVID. I mean, everybody's tested positive for this nonsense now. Anyhow, it's just one of those things that you just test positive because of the way they established the test parameters. If you ever had a cold, you test positive. But here's what they want. The DNA that they're going to – they want to change your DNA. It's going to be an RNA vaccine that's going to change your DNA. It, there's there's no really no – there's no vaccine against the common cold. There's not. All right, you can't do that. But they want to introduce an RNA vaccine into you to change you. This is all part of the Mark of the Beast program, and they want you to take it voluntarily. But now it's down to 10, 12, 15% of the people are going to say they're going to take the first shots. They're not going to do it anymore. 90% of the people are saying no, no, and no, and absolutely, how about no? So what's happened here is they've got to now reestablish the narrative. The narrative starting to crumble with COVID. <gasps> first lady has COVID. The president has COVID. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, that's where we are now. So we need a vaccine. So what they're doing is they're reestablishing the narrative for the vaccine. And now, you know, also Melania Trump has come out now and has been on audio tape. Supposedly, I haven't heard the tape, using a lot of bad words and effing this and effing that and all of these things. And you basically, uh, they're saying now that she's not who she appears to be as the first lady. In fact, Stephanie Winston, who married into the Winston jewelry chain, Wolkoff, basically, you know, has hammered Melania in this new tell-all book in which Stephanie was her personal friend. Let me read you this. Stephanie Winston Bolkoff is an American fashion and entertainment executive and former senior advisor to the First Lady of the United States. Prior to her role in politics, she produced various noble events and notable events in New York City, including the Met Gala, and later worked as the founding fashion director at the Lincoln Center. Now, early life. Bolkoff was born to parents Barbara and Barry backing off and raised in Catskills. Her family is Jewish. Wolkoff is the sister act of an actor, Randall Big da 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 Okay. So here she is. This girl was supposedly a really good friend of Melania. But of course on September the first she published a book, Melania and Me. It was described as a tell all about her experience with the White House and Donald Trump and Melania Trump and the book contains extensive direct quotes from Melania Trump. When asked how that was possible she explained that after her relations had soured, she began recording conversations. In other words, she's a total turncoat Benedict Arnold low-life piece of crap. There, I said that, didn't I? Yeah, I did. I meant it, too. You know, when you basically claim to be somebody's friend and you start recording them so you can write a book about them and say really bad things about them and to quote them in full text 
and have the backup or whatever, that's pretty sorry. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's not really sorry. That's horribly sorry. Now you say, well, you think Melania Trump really uses filthy language? Well, she's married to a New Yorker who uses filthy language, isn't she? Yeah. And, you know, English isn't her first language, is it? No. And so here's the thing, and this is what I've seen a lot from people that come over from Europe. If they hang out with secular people, they start using words and cursing and using bad words like they're just fluent, like they, that's all they know, because those are the words they learn. So it's another language parameter that you end up having to deal with. And you don't even realize how offensive it may be to some people in this country when you use the F word on every other word, or you take God's name in vain, or whatever you do. You don't understand that that's really, really bad, unless a person in the United States says to you, hey, look, that's not really something we say here on a regular basis, especially in mixed company. But Melania may not know that. I'll give her the, I'll give her the benefit of that doubt. Now, over there in the Eastern Bloc countries where she's from, there's a lot of people who say she's not who she says she was when she first became married to Donald Trump. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest with you, because you know, everybody can change. But do I believe she has used bad words in describing certain things? Well, probably. And if this lady's got her on tape, unless the tape's been edited, that's probably true, too. But why would they release this information? Information right before the election. Well, here's why. Because a lot of people believe that this is a super, super Christian first lady who basically loves Jesus with all of her heart, who comes across as this narrative they've made her to be, you know, with Christmas trees and Christmas decorations and all the other stuff, and so concerned about the children who've basically been taken captive and basically put in cages. But now they're saying that she doesn't like Christmas and she doesn't care about these kids. Why would they do that first of October? Well, because it's an election day politics again. And we have this Jewish lady, supposedly her friend, who has completely thrown her under the bus again. So we've got to look at all of this stuff that's happening all around us and realize the majority of this stuff is political theater. Now, Breitbart just came out with a new list, and it says, Christian advisor to Trump, Paula White Cain, whose husband, I'm adding this, has insisted that Christians need to watch porn together to increase their marriage which kind of tells you where all that's going to. It's ludicrous. But she's topping the list now of Israel's allies. So Paula White Cain is basically topping the list of Israel's allies, along with John Hagee and Mike Huckabee and, you know, and <laughs> it's a who's who of Christian evangelists and Pat Robertson and all these different people that are all pro-Zionism, pro-Schofield Bible. I know for a fact that in Paula White's churches, because I've gone to some of her services before, when she had a church here in Tampa, she would have these feasts from the Old Testament, you know, and all these different things that were all Jewish. She incorporated much, much of the Jewish teachings of the Old Testament into the New Testament church, which is completely nonsense. It doesn't need to do that. In fact, I was talking to Sharon yesterday, and I was saying to her how if a Jew decides to become a Christian, I'm talking about just a regular, hardcore Jew. It's a very easy transition because the Torah, the five first books of Levitical law, are the same five first books of the New Old Testament that we use. And all they have to do is accept Jesus Christ as their Messiah and they can become saved. However, if a Christian decides to convert back to Judaism or to convert to Judaism, it's a major deal. They have to renounce the virgin birth. They have to renounce Jesus Christ. It's a major, major issue. Those two going the opposite direction are really, really mutually exclusive. You've got to completely and totally throw Christ under the bus, period, to become a Jew. On the other hand, you just have to accept him as your Messiah to become a Christian. So these two religions share some commonality. They do. 
But as far as the overall goal of these religions, as far as Jesus Christ being the Messiah, they can definitely be mutually exclusive. And that's what we have to understand. And so when you see the top advisor to basically Donald Trump being Paula White and basically being, you know, the number one person here as far as the Zionist news, it also tells you that Franklin Graham and Michelle Bachman and a lot of other people are doing this. And then they go on to say that, that the Christian support for Israel was the engine behind Trump's administration's many pro-Israel decisions. That's a lie. He wanted to do that regardless, including moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing the Golan Heights as Israeli territories. No, it's not. That wasn't from Christianity. It was a Christian report for support for Israel that empowered Donald Trump to take such a bold step for Israel. No, it wasn't. It was Zionist intervention through the Rothschilds. It says his resolve is paying off more than anyone could ever have imagined. Reinstein, who recently released the book Explores These Claims, said, by strengthening the Israel rather than isolating it, we are seeing the beginnings of real peace in the Middle East and a truly historic accomplishment. That's what they want to believe. It's simply not true. So all of this stuff that we're looking at right now is all being orchestrated for the rebuilding of a third temple. That's what this is. And we have to look at it from that perspective. All of it. Now, is Donald Trump going to win the election? Yes, Donald Trump will win the popular vote. But it will be contested. I believe that with all of my heart. It will be contested because of all the absentee ballots, the tens of millions of absentee ballots, which can be completely and totally fabricated at a whim and mailed in to completely throw off the entire election. The communists are doing this right now, not because they don't control the White House, whether Biden wins or Trump wins, because they do. The Rothschilds control it either way. They're doing it because they want to completely disrupt the very fabric of our society and our government. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to stage a coup against the United States to bring in a new world order to collapse our infrastructure and collapse our government. Now we're seeing that we have tens of millions of people who may have their utilities turned off because they have not been able to have their utilities paid because they've been unemployed and they've decided not to pay the utility bill for the last six months and all those basic those exceptions are being lifted now. We have retail giants all over the United States closing up everywhere and shutting down. And nobody's talking about all of the people that they employ. A lot of these retail giants are shutting their doors permanently. They're not even going to an online business. But they're being told that basically this is going to be better for the economy. No, this is better for Amazon. This is better for Walmart. This is better yep. for the guys who run the New World Order and consolidating all of the businesses under one blanket so they can own everything. That's what's going on, guys. It's absolutely nuts, and that's who's running the planet. What do you think, Oz? You nailed it, and that's exactly what you talked about yesterday, what happened during the Great Depression. And the biggest land buyout pretty much in U.S. history of private farms happened during that time. And that's when a lot of those farms were then aggregated and brought into the giant banking cartel, which then were bought up and sold to the giant biotech companies and the giant agricultural companies, and they end up with these hundreds of thousands of acres in some cases that they basically grow all this GMO food on because they control it now. This is what they're trying to do now with the retail market, except the retail market was much harder to do this on. The farming market was pretty easy because a lot of the banks already owned part of the farms through financing and lending. So going in and buying them up wasn't that hard of a deal when they continually talked people into investing in the stock market and taking equity out. The problem is a lot of these businesses, even ones that are paid for and may not have a banking tie, 
had a very, very difficult time staying profitable for six months of almost zero sales and a couple months no sales, particularly restaurants and other companies like that. You know, smaller companies, smaller businesses that were able to do these things, smaller mom and pop stores, even though they didn't have a lot of debt, guess what? Now they're in debt. And you guys haven't even seen the end of it until these payroll protection loans start coming home to roost. You can mark my words on that. Now, a lot of people, if they did them right and they financed the proper money and they basically are keeping cash flow right, they can probably do okay with it. But I know a lot of companies that got these loans, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, that took the edge off. Now all of a sudden we have this loan. Now all of a sudden we're open to a full forensic audit. Now all of a sudden if we don't have one single penny that's in the exact place, the loan's not forgiven, and now we still have a loan at a couple percent interest we have to pay back, which in some cases isn't going to be that big of a deal. But, hey, you're assuming that everything continues to go well and sales continue to go up. If we have another wave of economic drop-off, the Fed basically says they're going to stop pumping in trillions of dollars in the stock market, which they're still currently doing right now, pumping in trillions of dollars in the stock market and buying up everything. That's why you notice, you guys notice, every time the market starts to dip and starts to go into a free-for-all, all of a sudden, within a few days, it shoots back up again through the roof. That's, that's not normal capitalism, my friends, in the middle of a pandemic. That's not normal stock market behavior when you're having all these businesses shutting down and going bankrupt, when you have huge swaths of bankruptcies in New York City and other major cities. That's not normal in the markets. That's normal when you start having trillions of dollars injected into the market in stock buybacks by the Federal Reserve or however they want to wash the money through these corporations. It's all fungible. Always understand that. And now you're starting to have have this aspect of this this whole chaos and confusion. This election, I said this the other day, the whole aspect of that debate, the whole aspect of this election is one thing, chaos and confusion. That's two things, actually, but primarily chaos. Out of chaos, remember, this is their motto. This is the globalist banker motto. Out of chaos comes a new world order. Chaos causes confusion. Confusion causes instability. And instability causes anger and aggression and basically disharmony. That's what they're trying to do. This this election is designed to be as chaotic as physically possible. That's why I said at the beginning. That's why Donald Trump now has all of a sudden coincidentally come down with COVID-19. After he's met with all these different nominees, after he's been to debates, after he's done all this stuff, now all of a sudden... <laughs> Four weeks before the election, he allegedly comes down with COVID. I mean, come on, guys. Did everybody really, really buy that? This was the narrative. They had to change the narrative and spin it real quick. And exactly what Dad said, he came out and basically talked about the lockdown and talked about the COVID and talked about the mask that were in some cases unnecessary. And he wears one if he feels like he needs to wear one. He said that on national television. Now, all of a sudden, it's, hey, by the way, Donald, uh, you're COVID positive. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, remember we did a swab the other day where he said on the debate, he goes, I tested before we went up here. Oh, now all of a sudden he's tested positive. Randomly he's tested positive. Guys, I don't buy that for one stinking second, especially when you have Nancy Pelosi now, who's basically been talking about bringing in the aspect of her becoming an interim president for a short period if either candidate cannot win the majority in the Electoral College and the vote is thrown into the U.S. House. 
sure you guys have already seen that now. She's already bringing that up. And we see the aspects of the, the, the strangest ballot extension we've ever experienced in United States history. According to uh, yesterday, U.S. Federal Appeals Court has now upheld a ruling allowing Wisconsin's absentee ballots in November general election to be counted if they arrive up to six days after election day. They said if the ballots are postmarked by November 3rd, they will be accepted up until November 9th. Well, that, that's just Wisconsin. As of Tuesday, about 1.2 million ballots have been requested in Wisconsin, and only 300,000 have been returned so far. They said 18 other U.S. states are allowing ballots to be counted, even if they arrive in the mail after Election Day. They said they go on to say, with three of those states allowing up until November 13th for ballots to arrive in the mail to be counted, Illinois now allows ballots to be counted up until November 17th. California, with the latest deadline, is allowing ballots to be counted up until November 20th? Up until most Thanksgiving? Louisiana is the only U.S. state that requires absentee ballots to be received by the day before the election? Guys, why are we allowing ballots to be received and counted up until November 20th in California? That means the election isn't over unless it's an absolute, total, and complete landslide. It's not over until November 20th. That's what they're telling us right here. And I don't think it's going to be a landslide whatsoever. The country's too divided right now. And on top of that, you have all these aspects of complete and total ballot manipulation and fraud that are about to start happening. And I've already told you guys before, it doesn't matter. Let me clarify this. It doesn't matter if Trump actually wins. The left is going to come on court and say he cheated. It doesn't matter if Biden actually wins, which I highly doubt he would. It's probably going to be through fraud. But even if he did, the right's going to say he cheated. They're going to want to recount. It's going to be a debacle. My point in saying all of that, the outcome is going to be the same with regardless of who wins. It's going to be chaos. Chaos is what's going to ensue in the next couple of weeks once this starts to go into place. This is the design goal. This is why I've encouraged everybody. Make sure you are staying prepped at home. I say this every single day. One of my good friends and I, we just ended up doing another outdoor active leg workout, I guess you could say, as far as humping, you know, hiking with, with you know, body armor and rifles and squats and lunges with armor and everything yesterday. And I'm unbelievably sore today, I'll be honest with you. And I'm trying to stay as active as I can as far as my cardio, my conditioning, my leg strength my back strength, especially being able to carry weight, including armor, backpack, supplies. I'm not doing this right now because I just feel like it's the best thing. I really need to go do this. Great. And I still try to train and I still try to exercise. It's not fun training outside in the heat running with armor. I don't enjoy it at all. I absolutely loathe it. I'll be honest with you. It takes a lot of motivation to do this right now. But I'm letting you know, guys, this is going to be something that happens in the next couple of weeks that is going to be very, very intense. That's why I've encouraged everybody. If you don't already have some of the USDA organic food buckets we have, at least go to the store and get some beans and rice. I've told you that already. I have a mixture of different things. I've told you that before. I like to have organic beans and rice, which I have currently in my own stash, and I have the organic food buckets that we just have in now with the, the pasta primavera and so forth, and I can use both of those in unison together to make good meals for the family if I need to do it. 
Food and water are going to be the two most pivotal aspects to make sure you can maintain self-sufficiency. The next one is going to be self-defense, health, and conditioning. Those are really important aspects that fall below that. But food and water are going to be crucial because that aspects of food, in my opinion, with what we're seeing with COVID, how we have been treated in the last few months, literally as second-class citizens of I don't want to wear a face mask to walk into a store, are only showing us a glimpse of what's about to happen in the future if you don't want to comply with a Moderna RNA vaccine. Those are what they're getting prepped right now. That's why CNN is putting out full-blown communist articles like, this is the new normal. You need to get used to wearing a mask. You need to get used to social distancing. Why? Why? They might ask the question, why? The CDC has blatantly said this is no longer a pandemic now when it comes to the vast majority of age groups under 70. Okay? So why? Why is this the new normal? Why do you get to tell me what I have to do? I didn't elect you. And if even I, if I elected you, there's no constitutional basis to compromise my immune system and my health and my oxygen uptake by wearing a mask everywhere I go, driving around in a car with a mask. It's embarrassing when I see people do that. Why? Because people have been trained to follow orders. You get trained as a young child to follow orders, and it's even worse now in the public school system with what they're doing to these poor kids right now, forcing them to wear masks. The population under the age of 18, the death rate virtually, there is no death rate with COVID. They couldn't even manipulate the numbers. They had to take kids that died in bathtubs and basically say, oh, he died from COVID. I've given you the stories. They could not make up enough stuff to even have a legitimate death rate in the younger age group under 18, 19 years old. So if that's the case, why are you forcing young children, five, six, seven years old, to follow lines and stand in circles and wear a mask for eight hours a day and sit in social isolation and eat food by themselves at their desk and they can't talk to anyone and they put plexiglass in front of their desk? Are you kidding me right now? If you're allowing your children to be subjected to this type of communist normalized behavior and you wonder why the current state of the economy and the affairs of the United States are in such chaos, it's because we're allowing them to do it to us. Am I the only one that's seeing that, guys? Because sometimes I feel like I'm in a box by myself over here yelling and everybody's like, oh, Austin's a crazy one over here. He's, he's nuts. You know, just, just put on a mask, Austin. Just shut up and put on a mask. And I'm like, no. Absolutely not. Does anybody realize what this compliance is going to lead to? This is where it's headed. It's going to be further and further and further more encroachments on your freedom and your civil liberties until, as Paul Joseph Watson just said, we're putting in a straitjacket right now that's never going to come off. I've never been put in a straitjacket, but I've seen videos and photos of it. I can tell you one thing about it. It doesn't look enjoyable to me at all whatsoever. And that's exactly what we're being done. We're getting put. I wonder what, exactly what you do. Do you have somebody psychotic and they're sick and they're spitting and trying to bite at people and they're completely and totally nuts? What do they do? Most people seem silence of the lambs, Hannibal Lecter. They put them in a straitjacket and put a muzzle on their face. 
That's what they're doing to us. They're taking away our dignity, our humanity, our ability to have individuality. That's why I've said before one thing, and I will stand by this. One of the reasons why the media and the leftists and the bankers have hated Trump so much in office is because what he stood on as a platform. He doesn't talk about this anymore at all. He's completely fallen away from his roots. But when he first started, that boy was a nationalist. He got the nationalist movement in this country. And anybody that wants to say nationalism is white supremacy or nationalism is racist is complete and total ignorant moron and doesn't even understand the dictionary definition. Being proud of your country right. is being a nationalist. Standing up for the United States of America and the Constitution that built this country is being a nationalist. Standing up for the rights of everybody in this great land, including white, black, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter the color of your skin, is being a nationalist. And Trump stood for that and promoted that and grew on that, and everybody loved it. Because it was the first time in recent history we've actually been proud to be an American again. And they hated that. That's why they tried to eviscerate every aspect of nationalism. They tried to couple it with white supremacy. Numerous times they did that on mainstream media. Oh, white supremacist and nationalists. Just, just like that stinking piece of crap moderator on that that uh, that debate the other night, Wallace did. It said, "You're not going to denounce white supremacy and militias." Whoa. Whoa, 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 where in the way? That's when the Proud Boys, the leader of the Proud Boys has already come out now and said, we fully denounce white supremacy. I told you guys that I said, Proud Boys don't stand for white supremacy. They may have done a few things that some people aren't okay with. They're not white supremacists. Militias, in most cases, aren't white supremacists. This is completely and totally the massive manipulation and psychological warfare from a communist left to try to force the people into thinking, if you stand your ground, if you stand up for America, if you stand up for the Constitution, if you're a patriot, if you are some type of constitutional militia member, then automatically you're a white supremacist and you need to go to jail. That's exactly what they did the other day and it nauseates me that so many people are buying into this lie and falling short short into this fallacy that they actually think the left hardcore media in that debate pushed that and it was all by accident and Trump's just some dark, you know, undercover white supremacist and he's trying to promote this. Guys, wake up and realize what they're trying to do. They're trying to divide the country as far as they can. They only have four more weeks. Four more weeks to cause as much division, as much chaos, and as much violence and anger and dissension as they can. Don't fall short to it. If you want to get mad about something, get mad about the unconstitutional lockdowns and the demands to muzzle your face and remove the humanity from you. Get mad about that and stand your ground. But getting mad about all these other little things that they're trying to do, stand up and say, no, absolutely not. This is my conviction. This is the truth. Do your own research. Stop being a sheep and listening to CNN every day of the week and wake up America. That's how I feel on that, Dan. Yeah, it's excellent, Austin. And you know, uh, Trump now has come out and said, I condemn all white supremacists. And he's also condemned the Proud Boys. I mean, he capitulated. President Trump on Thursday condemned white supremacists attempting to put a rest to an issue that dodged him since the first presidential debate earlier this week. I have said it many times, so let me be clear again. I condemn the KKK. I condemn all white supremacists. I condemn the Proud Boys. And then this blithering... Well, I'm not going to say it. I don't know much about the Proud Boys, almost nothing, but I condemn that. Trump said on Sean Hannity's Fox News show 
All right, wait a minute. He's saying he doesn't know about the Proud Boys, but he condemns them. And see, this is what they wanted. Now, why is that? Why is it that they decided to do this? Why do they have to come out and say that? What was the point? You know, Ann Coulter puts it this way. She says, is Chris Wallace a white supremacist? Good article, by the way, she wrote. She was after four months of looting, arson, window-breaking, vandalism, intimidation, physical assault, stabbings, to the shootings by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. The first thing on the media's mind is getting Trump to condemn white supremacists. It would be as if on the morning after Pearl Harbor, the League of Nations demanded that FDR condemn American aggression in the Pacific. Now, of course, we know the League of Nations failed. She's doing that in parody. Why on earth was Trump being badgered by both debate moderator Chris Wallace and Democratic nominee Joe Biden to denounce white supremacy? And why wasn't Biden, Biden ever asked to condemn nonstop violence by Antifa that actually has been consuming the country for more than 100 nights? Okay. Now, let me answer these questions that she's giving. Number one, Protestant work ethic. Yeah, okay, let's stop for a second. What the heck is that? How does make it Protestant Christian worth ethic. Let's go another stop. Protestant ethic European work ethic. Alright, let's, let's go one more notch. Protestant ethic European white Christian work ethic. Let's, let's go all the way to that. Okay, Let's take a look at who the founders of our country were. The pilgrims and all the people that came over here and how Black Lives Matter and you know, the ADL weren't there. Okay, we had Christians coming over here for freedom of religion. That's what I was taught in school, but they weren't. Te- they aren't teaching that anymore. We came over here to build a new country to get away from King George and all of the mess in Europe, the never-ending wars in Europe. They had wars they called the Hundred Year Wars. I mean, it never ended over there. And so they wanted to get away from all that stuff and just worship God and, and be have peace and, and come to a new continent and start over and start their own religion and their own country. That's what they did. The white Protestant Christian work ethic is what built the United States. Did I say the word Christian in there? Yep, yep. The Kabbalists aren't Christians. They run the show now through the banking systems. They want to destroy all of that. So to answer Anne's question, why basically was he asked to denounce white supremacism? Because it's not denouncing white supremacism. It's destroying whites and the white confidence Paul Craig Robertson, one of his articles I just posted on the line, says the deconstruction of white confidence. This goes right back to the white, Christian, Protestant, work, ethic, religions. All right, And it goes the deconstruction of white confidence. You can tell what years of anti-white propaganda in American universities, public schools, and media have done by considering Ilan Omar, a Somalia who got herself elected to the U.S. Congress by running a ballots for cash scheme, Omar is very aggressive in her language about white people and is confident that white people are too guilty to do anything about it so she can bully them all she wants. For the balance of cash, we have seen this. Or look at the whites who've poured $14 million or more into the pockets of George Floyd's brother because they believe the prostitutes, the run media, that Floyd, a felon who basically overdosed on fentanyl, was murdered by a white police officer. Now, I will add on there the white police officer should have never put his leg on that guy's throat like he did. That was wrong. There are endless reports of white universities taking punitive actions against white male students 
white faculty and white administrators, administrators simply for using ordinary words all of us have used all of our lives or for being insensitive to those who claim to be transgendered or other favorite abnormals. Abnormal, of course, is an insensitive banned word. And if I were a professor in an American university, a reporter or an editor in an American newspaper controlled by the Kabbalists, or a TV talking head controlled by the Kabbalists, or a corporate employee controlled by the Kabbalists, I'd be fired for using it. In public schools, children are educated in a critical race theory, which maintains that white people are born racists. Five-year-old white kids learn that they are racists who abused black people. It's all a bunch of lies. America's leading corporations and government agencies make white people attend sensitivity training and confess their racism. Well, I don't think I would do that. I, I would just quit. But sometimes you've got to feed a family. So what do you do? You have to comply. Males also have have to take training to be sensitive to women and to repudiate their masculinity. Just think of how many times you've witnessed a white person take the side of a black criminal in order to demonstrate that they're not a racist, including white women being told to get on their knees and confess they're a racist and to say black lives matter on a street and these white women dropping to their knees and basically saying that, probably because they're terrified. Every day you hear is the excuses made for black misbehavior. Democratic mayors, city councils, attorney generals, and governors have lost so much confidence that their response to rioting and looting is to defund the police. Now, the insouciance, which means the basically the indifference of white Americans, has resulted in the transformation of universities, schools, and media from educational news organizations into anti-white propaganda organizations and its anti-white Christian propaganda organizations. You know, the AME Church, the American Methodist Church, is primarily black, and it basically has promoted Democratic candidates for decades. And I have asked a pastor of those churches, why do you do that? Why do you promote Democrats who are pro-abortion, pro-gay, pro-this? And the response is, well, the Democrats have been much better to the black Americans than the Republicans have. And my response is, Democrats were the party of the KKK. Harry Truman basically pushed all that back up again. That syphilis-infected piece of garbage that he was. See, this is the problem that we have. It's all that indoctrination that came over from Russia with millions of communists coming into the United States from Russia in this giant purge of Russia when they basically had all these people moving to the United States from like 1890 on, and all of these socialists were brought in here and then the Frankfurt School kicked into the high gear by taking these people and credentialing them and putting them into our university systems by the hundreds of thousands to teach Marxism in the universities. And now all of this boils back down to white people. You know, the population of the planet was at 5% white. There's not very many of us left. But we're bad, according to these guys. Why? Because we represent the Protestant Christian work ethic that basically developed Western civilization. And because we did that, they really can't slam us for our inventions or our work ethic, but they can slam us because we're white. Have you thought about that? I mean, Florida State University, my alma mater, graduated there three times, has now canceled spring break. Canceled spring break because the kids, after Rick DeSantis lifted the ordinances last weekend, went out and had a big party out there on Tennessee Street. They were so happy to be set free. So Florida State, with their insouciance and their absolute liberal crap of their top administration people, have gone in now and can't 
cancel spring break just to just to shove it in the face of these kids that you won't we won't give you spring break now because you didn't listen to us you didn't social distance and you wouldn't wear a mask and you decided to go have fun out there on Tennessee Street which is a major street interchange in Tallahassee so I mean come on guys really this is in Tallahassee the capital of the state of Florida right down the street from DeSantis and he's been taking heat like you wouldn't believe because he basically decided to stop all of these mask mandates and these fines for these masks and open restaurants and bars and places back up again. So he's trying to fix this mess that Donald Trump caused because Donald Trump listened to his Kabbalist handlers who are trying to destroy white America. And here we are. I warned you guys six months ago about what was going to happen in October, November, and here we are. It's all happening around us. So guys, please continue to play, pray. Continue to stand on the word. Continue to uplift Jesus, the author, the finisher, the protector of our faith. Because it doesn't matter if you're white or black or Hispanic. If you're a Christian and you uplift Jesus, look at what they're doing to us. See, how would you feel if you were Hispanic and they were attacking Hispanics the way they're attacking whites? How would you feel if you were white and you're black right now? How would you feel if you were being attacked as a black person like they're attacking whites right now? But it's all because they know that they've got to destroy the very fabric of what this country's built on, and that's what they're doing. What a mess. Guys, I love you. I had an opportunity to pray for you this morning. You guys are absolutely awesome. Hold the faith. Stand firm in the faith. Stay prepped. I appreciate you. Austin will be on with Hagman tonight. God bless you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Yes, absolutely. And that's another reason, too, again, the aspect of the mask procedure that they're pushing on everybody. It's designed to completely remove that individuality nobody's anybody that makes sense everybody's just the same person you can't see faces you can't see smiles you can't see teeth you can't see emotion for the most part everybody's just a walking blank stare walking down everybody hasn't picked up on that but me i guess i'm just more observant because <laughs> i notice that everywhere i go now it's it's strange i mean there's numerous people that run me. hey austin i'm like turn around i'm like what who what? They're like, hey. I'm like, who, who is that? Can you take your mask off, please? Oh, oh okay. I'm like, oh, hey. So I didn't recognize you. You mask covering half your face. I don't. I, mean, I can't. I don't. I don't notice everybody by their eyes. I'm pretty observant, but you know, I can't recognize everybody that easily. And it's just one of those things that's so troubling because so many people, like Dad said, don't even question it anymore. They're like, okay, this, this is the new normal, as CNN said. And that's what they're trying to do. The more people they can get to adopt that ideology, this new normal. We're not individualistic anymore. We're not individuals created in God's own image. We're not wonderfully and fearfully made. That's, that's none of that. We put all that aside anymore. You are just a number that needs to get a vaccine that's patented that will, in fact, actually patent part of you, the Moderna RNA. They've already discussed that. And that you need to wear a mask because even when you get the vaccine, it's still not going to work all the time. You have to get booster shots regularly. And, uh, you know, so every couple months you have to get real sick from a vaccine booster. But it's okay. It's protecting you. It's all for your protection. And then you have to wear a mask the rest of the time, too. Just, again, to make sure you're protected. Guys, wake up, please. Wake up. It's time to wake up, America. I can't. I know there's a lot of listeners that are awake. I know there's a lot of my friends that are awake. But we can't do this all on our own. We have to stand up and maintain a constitutional republic or else we're not going to have much of anything in the next coming year. We're going to see what's going to happen in the next few weeks. <laughs> so, again, thank you 
for the support. Continue to be talking to people. Stay prepped. If you guys need anything, let us know. Like I told you, I have the organic food buckets in stock, on deck, ready to ship right now if you want them. If you don't need those and you want rice and beans, at least get rice and beans. I like to have a variety, I'll be honest with you. Rice and beans get monotonous real quick. That's why I like supplementing the organic food buckets with other food so you can have a constant variety and make sure you're stocking up on a decent amount of water. Having gallon jugs or the three gallon plexiglass jugs, you know we've got so we've had some of those here. I don't have any more. I'm out of stock on them, but you can get them a lot of places. You know, add a little bit of silver, a little bit of a little bit of aquatrace, a little bit of colloidal silver. They'll store pretty much indefinitely. Because always remember, not only does your food need water to cook, you're going to need water, especially if you're outside working or doing anything on a regular basis. You're going to need fluid, and make sure you have the ability to keep stored water on deck at all times. Those two, water and food, are grossly important, guys. I can't encourage that anymore. And be prepared for what we have coming in the next couple months. Because again, like that said, you got organic food, you got water in the future, you got to look at it as, dude, all does save me money. Now, all of a sudden, oh, okay, well, we're going to make dinner tonight. We're just going to bust open one of the buckets. Everything's kind of started to calm down. There are more of a, you know, prep preparedness aspect, but we don't need to keep this many of them. We'll start using them, and it's just money in the bank. That's what's funny about it. When people are like, oh, I'm spending all this money on them. I'm like, dude, spend money on them. storable food. It's money in the bank. It's just money sitting there. Quite frankly, in most cases, when you're looking at organic meals, a 20000 bucket for, you know, 250-something-odd bucks, 270 bucks, whatever they are, free shipping for 20,000 calories, the cost per calorie is actually very low considering it's certified organic per meal. And, uh, again, do your research, please. Thank you for the support. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. The D3-10,000, one of the most important vitamins right now with everything going on, really, really maintains the immune system, fights off viral infections. D3-10,000 on sale product of the week. I thank you so much for the support, y'all. Continue to get this information out there. Please keep waking people up. I got the Hagman Show later on. Get ready for that. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Have a great weekend. Keep staying awake. Stay prepped. Stay in shape. And I'll talk to you again on this show Monday next week as always.